Welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus. Through this series, we'll be speaking to college and university leaders about the trends, ideas, and opportunities that are shaping the future of higher education and picking their brains for best practices and advice that leaders can apply to their own institutions. On today's episode, the Evolution's Editor-in-Chief, Amado Alawalia, speaks with Anton Reese, who is president of West Kentucky Community and Technical College. We talked to Anton about the impact student affairs has on student success and how to bring intentionality into your student engagement. Let's get into it. Anton, Dr. Reese, thank you so much for taking the time out today to join me on the Illumination podcast. Thank you, Amrit. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things that we tend to see in in the post-secondary space is increasingly these units that, that have historically operated on the periphery of the institution starting to become increasingly important to, I guess, the direction or the definition of, of the modern institution. You know, we talk about continuing in workforce education being tied in very tightly to the mission of the modern institution. We talk about things like student affairs as a driver for retention. Let's start off today's conversation looking a little bit at continuing in workforce ed. To start off, and you and I have talked about this before, so I I realize I'm asking you to reiterate a little bit. What role would you say continuing in workforce education plays in in the delivery of the mission of the modern community college? Well, the role of workforce in the delivering the mission of the college is is, is central, actually, uh, and critical. I say that because there's a three-pronged arm to our mission, which is excellence in teaching and learning, championing student success, and then workforce and economic development. So in order for it to have that focus, that connection, uh, it is one of the arms, uh, if you will, uh, the mission for us as a college, uh, one. I think second, you know, we as a, as a community colleges serve uh, clearly various stakeholders and uh, stakeholders demand in terms of uh, the critical need for a well-trained uh, and ongoing trained workforce is just becoming more and more and more evident and certainly with the backdrop of all things that has occurred in these past two uh, years as we navigate COVID and the Delta variant, the turnaround time certainly has also accelerated where you know, business and industry, they, they want workforce uh, solutions now. That's interesting. How is the perspective of employers changing when it comes to the relationships that they're developing with local colleges? Well, one of the key ways that uh, we stay engaged among others So particularly with our technical uh, pathway programs, we have uh, advisory councils and the advisory councils consist then of uh, experts within that respective industry from the community who serves then uh, on these advisory boards to review uh, the program offerings, ensure that those are in alignment and certainly upgrades within the industry, whether it's certification, supply and demand, new programs, Uh, So there's a direct connection to business and industry through that one arm, uh, if you will. Second, um, you know, in uh, Kentucky, we have, uh, the chamber has what are called a talent pipeline. And so these uh, talent pipeline champions, uh, representatives from workforce boards and and the chamber, they actually continuously survey and engage business industry partners to get a sense in terms of open vacancies uh, and needs. And we work collaboratively uh, with them as well. Uh, and I would uh, argue third, uh, proactively on our end as a college, we've just now this past spring done our third annual business symposium. We have brought together 100 CEOs and business leaders throughout the uh, four state region. So we hear in real time uh, what their needs are 
and there's an opportunity for our workforce solutions team to share then the sort of resources that we have. Uh, and the last piece uh, connected with that, uh, just uh, uh, three weeks ago, we completed our first annual minority business symposium. And so oh, wow. the, the key there is that we wanted to bring together then uh, black and Hispanic and Asian entrepreneurs and, and small business owners to campus to see what we have to offer to workforce solutions. And we work together on a, a package where basically uh, for free, uh, we provide them workforce training uh, and get them connected to uh, chamber uh, and economic development opportunities as well. So let me ask you then, because it's, it's interesting, right? The way that we're talking about workforce development, the way that we're talking about the role of, of the college is really in driving community success. So, I mean, how does, does workforce development specifically play into the, the role that the community college has in driving the economic development for the region? So it is part education, part awareness, part marketing, right? All those parts, right? I say that. So um, we get economic statistical data from a company called NC. Mm -hmm. And I could tell you from the uh, surveys, the feedback uh, that they track our alumni, track the uh, business and industry. Uh, one, it talks about the economic impact of the college. So as a college, you know, we put in uh, probably close to almost 200 million in economic wow. development uh, throughout the region. Uh, we can tell you that one out of every 32 jobs, there is a community and technical college, West Kentucky's uh, footprint or fingerprint, right? As part of that process. A big one for stakeholders though is return on investment. So we talk about for every dollar invested, the uh, return on that continues to, you know, to increase directly for the student uh, certainly for the uh, uh, taxpayers and then for society as a whole, because we know that uh, all things being equal, the more educated the citizenry is, then you start to uh, address some of the social issues, right? And, and we have, for example, an inmate reentry program. So we understand then that uh, uh, by, by, by sharing that sort of data and the impact uh, directly in terms of workforce is a key uh, uh, way in which we continue to keep the relevancy uh, in front of all of the uh, stakeholders. Absolutely. I want to pivot us a little bit because we, we've been talking about workforce development. The other area that, that I wanted to discuss is, is student affairs. You know, this is a department that's generally similar to uh, continuing workforce ed, generally sort of on, on the, operates on the periphery of the institution, serves that learner audience, but doesn't necessarily have strong connectivity into, into the strategy of the institution. How important is it to focus on driving sort of retention? You mentioned one of the three pillars for success for the college was championing success. Where does student affairs start to, to play a role in, in executing on that aspect of the mission? Well, uh, let me just say for transparency, uh, I spent, gosh, probably 20 years as a combination of uh, Dean of Student Affairs and Associate uh, Vice Provost of Student Affairs. <laughs> You've lived at so that. <laughs> you got to believe that with intentionality, uh, they're not on the periphery. Uh, they are also central, but operationalized, I guess, is really the key term, right? So meaning specifically. So the way that then that we thread retention, you know, it really begins at recruitment. So having the admission staff through advising knowledgeable about the various offerings, because then the more informed uh, and prepared that we can start students, uh, starts that retention thread, if you will, one. Uh, second, Quite a few of the academic support resources, including uh, tutoring, advising, success coaches, 
you know, revolve in partnership with academic affairs and student affairs. Mm-hmm. Third arm of that is the first year studies, right? I think probably the majority of schools now offer some equivalent of the first year experience, a course specifically targeting incoming freshmen. And several of those are taught uh, by staff uh, along with uh, adjunct faculty and faculty. So getting the student affairs professionals, if you will, more directly tied into the teaching and, and academic support are the ways in which we ensure that engagement is holistic and not scattered or, or, or isolated. Absolutely, because that, that engagement ultimately has a very direct correlation to, to retention and, and, and completion. The more a student gets involved, the more engaged they are and connected they are with the campus, the, the better their chances of, of persisting and, and, and attaining that credential. What are a few tactics, I guess, that you'd suggest, certainly from, from your background, from your experience, that student affairs professionals and leaders can start to put into place to start to make that role more clear? Because I think there's a misconception when people think about where student affairs plays a role on campus. I think there's, there's a broad misunderstanding about the impact of that work. Yeah. So the intersecting points tend to me to, to be primarily then in two areas, right? So one, let me call it the, uh, the combination of the... Uh, digital footprint, meaning that, so like many colleges, we track students' progress. And so student has challenges within a classroom, the faculty member puts that flag, then there is a triage, right, sort of intervention to uh, support that student uh, is one of the ways that uh, we keep up, starting through advising, keeping good advising notes, ensuring then that students declared majors and the progress reports are very, very, very key. We do quite a bit of predictive analytics as well, right? We really look at the uh, characteristics and criteria of students coming in, um, not to profile, but to uh, almost more customize uh, the various interventions that uh, that particular student uh, uh, would need. So that is one of the ways uh, that they are more directly involved. Uh, second here at the college, um, we did a soft launch this uh, semester on a student success center. So I'm trying to shift the whole ethos of, you know, uh, uh, things like tutoring and academic support, basically reaching out for help, which is continues to be a challenge for students, right? And so we shift the mantra then to having a identified location, a holistic model then that is uh, not only tutors, but we have success coaches who work kind of mm-hmm. like a, a case worker sort of approach, uh, along with supplemental instruction, that peer-based uh, intervention and support. Uh, is really key and first year studies. So those are, are all housed now in our student success center. And so that's a way then that uh, not only is it an integrated sort of approach, but from the data perspective, we can reasonably and accurately track the frequency of students uh, attending. So we talk about coming and seeking assistance uh, timely, early and often. And we also uh, shift that mindset from a deficit approach to a strength-based approach that basically all students bring uh, some pendulum risk. So we try to you know, flip that narrative where basically all students then have that capacity to uh, succeed. So the Student Success Center is one of the single biggest uh, major shifts <clears throat> where we are shifting then that success is celebrated, it is embraced, and wherever you are on the uh, continuum, the opportunity is there for you to be successful uh, you know, in, in our case at WKCTC. 
That's really interesting. So it's really about creating a level of intentionality around the work that's happening in, in, in the student affairs side to, to provide that visibility into the impact it has on, on student success, but then also, I guess, relatedly on institutional success. I mean, we are in a, we're in a performance-based funding uh, environment where we're in a place where, where learner success is incredibly important. From the perspective of, of institutional executives, I mean, what advice would you share with other senior leaders who are trying to find ways to bring intentionality to their work, both in student affairs and in continuing a workforce ed? Well, as two keys. One is modeling uh, what it is that you, you're expecting. I think second, uh, there needs to be some intentionality uh, in the um, ways in which you assess uh, engagement, right? So when I say modeling, I, again, I, I come from a student success background. So my visibility and involvement support uh, around the importance of having all hands on deck around student engagement and its links to retention, right? The impact that it has, both in terms of uh, student success outcomes, certainly in terms of revenue uh, for the colleges, but also, you know, making all those sort of linkages. But really modeling the importance must come from the top. It needs to be frequently heard, reiterated, and then accountability measures need to be in place. That's where we get into the intentionality part. You have to have um, ways of engaging, knowing who, and I, I always preface a real important question that I would uh, suggest all institutional uh, leaders, right? However defined should ask. Who is working with our most uh, at-risk students? Because upon closer inspection, for some, you may have, unintentional or intentional gatekeepers who uh, have an impact upon the ways in which and the degree that students engage, you know, throughout the, uh, the, their uh, time at the institution. So it's a combination of modeling, uh, intentionality, and then certainly reviewing that data and going in with some clear expectations of what success looks like. That's always a very important question, right? What does success looks like? Uh, certainly doesn't look the same for students because there are various uh, ranges, but the, the, the inevitable outcome uh, clearly should be we want them to get them successfully across uh, the finish line. So reviewing that data with a, with a hard critical look, knowing those, those courses, uh, gatekeeper courses, as, as we often refer to, yeah. uh, where you may have to shore up some additional resources to ensure, uh, again, that uh, you, you know, you're providing the best space and support for students to be successful would be the things I would suggest. One model that we're starting to see in, in this concept of, of how do we overcome gatekeeper courses, how do we create pathways to success for learners is flipping, I guess, the degree process so that students can earn a technical certificate or certification or some kind of workforce oriented credential at the start of their degree pathway, and then come back to finish their gen ed once they've decided that the, the, the degree is the outcome that they're actually looking for, not the workforce outcome. Is that a concept that resonates with you? And if so, I mean, what would it take to actually start moving in that direction? Well, as a concept that definitely resonates first and foremost, I've always used a guiding philosophy uh, when I advise students. I believe in small victories. See, mm -hmm. so often what happens, uh, you know, at the community college, looking out two years is important, but there's a lot of room of what happens over a course of two years, right? And so uh, it is important, I believe, in small victories. So then that stackable <laughs> credentialing is also really important as well too, right? So the beauty of students then being able to stack credentials certainly further bolsters uh, their level of confidence uh, as that connection to uh, the gen eds. 
definitely absolutely resonates with me. I know that in some states uh, like Louisiana, for example, there is intentionality that uh, heavy emphasis on getting students out of high school directly to work. They get in, start up with a real basic level skill sets, and then they come to the community technical colleges, right, to get the various certifications uh, along the way, and then further then connect them deeper into the associate diploma and or uh, four-year route, depending on the nature of the program. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it absolutely resonates. And, and quite frankly, it's a prime need of the R, right? I mean, you know, uh, the region that I'm in, there's constant challenges with declining population. How do you retain your best and brightest, those youth, uh, particularly from about 19 to about 24, 25? And so these sort of ways where you get them to be then connected early, achieving and staying connected then the odds of retaining, getting them as, as more productive workers, uh, I think that's really magnifies. And, and again, it's, it's really the prime need of the hour. Absolutely. You know, Anton, as we close, the theme, I guess, of, of our conversation today, what we've really been talking about is the impact that these units on campus that tend to be considered peripheral really have on the success of, of learners, on the position of the institution, on the fulfillment of the mission, and I think for the most part, what the gap comes back to is a level of culture change. There's maybe a lack of recognition for the work that these units do and the impact that, that they truly have. And as a, sort of a creative forward-thinking leader yourself, I'm wondering if we can close with just a few thoughts on, on how a president can affect a culture change that permeates through the institution that starts to bring these units that operate on the periphery closer to the strategic core of, of what the institution does. Well, I, I think uh, first and foremost, it is very important, you know, again, that the president really articulates the expectation, meaning that the expectation is uh, defining, or in some cases, redefining what the success look like at our college for students, right? Followed by then who is responsible and what does that look like? When I use the analogy all hands on deck, it is all the professional staff and the intersecting points of what that looks like, one. Two, from a operational perspective, you know, in, in, within the academy, we do a lot of work through committee work, certainly opportunities to ensuring that the staffing associated with, for example, the retention committee, you wanna be sure that you have faculty and student affairs staff connected in order then to have this more holistic uh, review of the impact of our student engagement retention and ultimately graduation uh, uh, type of efforts. I think third, uh, you know, uh, it, it is interesting, gosh, this is my, I don't know, 31st year now in higher education, four different institutions over time. And the quote divide between academic and student affairs, you know, on some campuses, it seems like it continues to drift apart. Others get back better at it in terms of bringing them closer together, but nothing happens by happenstance, right? It really does begin with leadership recognizing that we do different things. That's, that's not an important thing, right? Because you get into, you know, it's faculty superior, if you will, to, to, to student affairs. They do different things. So I really do try to set that atmosphere that they need to come at it as equals, but keeping that central focus on what we hear and what we do, if we really are committed to student success and student outcomes, then it shouldn't really matter as much as what we do, more so as to how we do it. Uh, and with that intentionality, would be my suggestion uh, uh, for my colleagues to, to model, influence, and support student success outcomes by getting all hands on deck. 
This episode is brought to you by Modern Campus in partnership with The Evolution. Modern Campus empowers higher ed institutions to thrive when radical change is required to deal with lower student enrollments and revenue, rising costs, crushing student debt, and even school closures. Powered by the industry's only student-first modern learner engagement platform, presidents and provosts can work with Modern Campus to create pathways for lifelong learners while marketing and IT can deliver Amazon-like personalization and instant fulfillment. To find out more on how you can transform your institution to meet the needs of today's modern learner, visit moderncampus.com. That's moderncampus.com.